0: Slayers. This is Mixtress Ray and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly, give or take a day or two, 20 years after its original air date. Which means we are talking about season seven episode one lessons today. Hi, how have you guys been? Are you doing all right? Is everything okay? Um, all right. So, uh, I have to confess, I am a little bit dreading season seven. I know that like once, once I get into it, it's not, it's not going to be a thing. It's going to be fine, but it's just like every summer it's like I get out of the habit of doing this and it's hard to get started again. And season seven is to my memory. Now, I'm still going strong on the I have only watched Buffy these last seven years for this project, and that is it. Even though I don't have a rule against watching previous Buffy seasons, I'm not allowed to skip ahead on the season that I'm currently working on for this project, but I have not gone back even though I don't have a rule against it sorry, my window's open. Um, I have not gone back in the last seven years. I have only watched Buffy the current season for this project. Isn't that weird? That's, that sounds weird to me. Like I would call this my favorite show, but I have not been watching it. And I used to just like binge watch Buffy over and over again, pretty much. I would just like start the series again every once in a while. And yeah, I was just always watching it um, pretty much. And yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird to me to think that for the last seven years, I've only been watching it in this context. And I'm kind of looking forward to, honestly, honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to this project being done because then I can, you know, just enjoy Buffy again without having to analyze it. (laughs) Um, anyway, not to say I'm going to quit, so many buffy pod there are so many buffy podcasts out there and how many of them have actually gotten through the entire series one that i know of for sure although i have not looked into the buffy um podcast scene in a while i've just been doing my own thing and not worrying about what anyone else is doing <laughs> for a while but i'm sure i will pick up buffy podcasts again whenever i no longer have one um Anyway, just, just thinking about the future because it's weird. It's just weird. I'm pretty soon this project will be over. You know, I have a year left. I have a year left, but I am as of now, no promises, but as of now, I am planning to continue at least for a year after this. So this is the last season of Buffy But then I plan to watch the last season of Angel in the same context of 20 years later. Because if I remember correctly, the fifth season of Angel is actually kind of good. Um, But the way that I'm feeling about Angel these days, I don't even know if I'll want to do that. I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts, um, especially as we get closer to this project being done. And of course I'll be asking you guys for your thoughts at that point as well. Um, so I know nobody likes to email, but that's the way that you guys can contact me <laughs> unless you just want to like head over to my YouTube channel, which is just under Mixtress Ray and like leave a comment on a random reason video or something. Um, if that's easier for you then. um, emailing me, but my email is mixtressray M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E at protonmail. So you can send me an email if you want and let me know, like, do you want me to do the last season of, A- of Angel? At this point, okay, so my current plan right now is I will continue doing Buffy for the last season, of course, the way that I have been doing it. Um, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to like catch up with Angel, like a disc at a time. So like four episodes at a time, and then do a little episode where I catch you guys up on four episodes of Angel. We're in my least favorite season of Angel right now. (laughs) Season four. Um, it's awful. I hate it. Um... A lot of things happen that I don't like. Really one of the only reasons why I'm probably going to keep up with it is because Michael likes watching it with me. Um, yeah. Oh my God. And I'm making a master list of Angel episodes that are worth it. (laughs) So that in the future, when I decide to watch Angel, I can only watch those episodes that I have predetermined for myself that I actually want to fucking see. Uh, mom, I have to apologize. I completely forgot to bring Buffy over on Thursday. Um, so cause typically I would have watched the episode with my mom, um, a couple days before the air date. Um, and I did not do that this time because I forgot. <laughs> I just completely forgot like, oh shit. Yeah. We're starting Buffy this weekend. Holy shit. Okay. So now that I've babbled for, well, one more thing, one more thing. Um, we are going to be in it guys. One, two, three, four, five. Then we have like one week off six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. We've got like about like for the next like 10 weeks or so, we're going to be having episodes almost every single week. Like most of the, like half the season is going to be done in a two month period. Um, which is always kind of how it goes. Like it starts strong, and then there's a bunch of breaks um, for the second half of the season. But anyway, let's talk about lessons, shall we? So the episode begins with a title card saying that we are in Istanbul. Um, really pretty music playing. It's my kind of my kind of thing. Middle Eastern music. Um, there's a woman being hunted. She seems to be very capable of getting away. You can tell that she's strong. She's not screaming a whole bunch. Um, but she does end up like, you don't actually see her get killed, but you're pretty sure. And then we cut to Buffy and Dawn in the cemetery. A Buffy is giving Dawn like a lesson on how to kill vampires. And she's like, actually stepping back and letting Dawn fight a vampire, which is really cool to see. Like, there are some promises that are set up for season seven in this episode that really, unfortunately, don't pay off throughout the season, which is unfortunate. Um, And this is one of them. This whole, like, you know, seeing Buffy and Dawn sort of bonding, Buffy's teaching Dawn the ropes of slaying and stuff like that, but Dawn is still, you know, she's still she's gaining independence from Buffy as well. Like she's learning from her, but she's also gaining independence from her. Like she c- doesn't want her cramping her style at school and stuff like that, you know, so she is um I don't know, she just she seems so cool in this episode. And we do get a lot more cool grown-up Dawn in season seven. So as far as like, you know, if we're just going character by character, Dawn is the coolest in season seven because, because she's finally, you know, all of her cries last season of like, I, I want to grow up. I need to be taught how to deal with this shit because you're the slayer and bad shit's going to keep finding me. And you know, all that shit that was actually pretty fucking legit, all of that is, um you know, is coming to fruition in this season. She is learning to be a grown-up. She's learning to fight for herself. She's learning to be Slayer's little sister, you know, and actually do some slaying herself. And, you know, she's grown up. It's it's cool, actually. There's some cool Dawn stuff in Season 7. Um, so, Buffy and Dawn at the end of this scene, as they're walking away, they start talking about, I can't believe it's back. How are we going to face it? Blah, 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 blah. blah. turns out they're talking about the high school. The high school has been rebuilt on the original location of the last high school. And, um, (laughs) yeah, whatever. Um, then we get Giles on a horse in England, riding around on a horse. I think it's really him too. I'm pretty sure. Um, And we get a conversation between him and Willow. So I guess he took Willow with him back to England and she has been training with the coven there to just sort of like, um, the way that Giles describes it. Yeah, I did write it down. He says to her, he's talking about magic. He says, it isn't a hobby or an addiction. It's inside you now. In the end, we all are who we are, no matter how much we may appear to have changed. So I think that's, you know, I feel two ways about this. Like, on the one hand, they're letting us know right off the bat that Willow is not going to be dealing with magic as if it's an addiction anymore. She is now going forward as that it is a part of her and she has to learn how to work with it. She can't give it up anymore. So at least they're letting us know right off the bat this is this is what this is. We're not doing that whole magic is drugs magic as drugs allegory shit anymore, which I never liked that anyway. Um but at the same time it's like dude, you set that up. You set that up. You told us magic is drugs and now you're like it's okay moderation. She can handle it. <laughs> It's like, eh, okay, whatever. We just have to let that go by, I guess. But at least they're setting it up pretty clearly right here in this first episode. Uh, we cut to, uh, Xander's showing up, Dawn's first day of school, um, he, he shows up at the house and he's, like, asking Buffy how she's doing and she's, like, peachy with a side of Keen, blah, 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 um... And it turns out he's on the construction crew that built the high school. And he's reassuring Buffy that, you know, he's he's been there every step of the way, like there's no secret passageways, blah 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 blah. He shows her the blueprints of the school and shows her that where where the hellmouth is, where the library was in the old school, the principal's office is now. So they're already setting up, like, what's the deal with this principle? You know, they're already setting that up. Um, What else? Buffy gives Dawn a gift, says it's a weapon. We don't see what it is at this exact moment, but later we find out, ha ha ha, a weapon, it's a cell phone. Which again, this kind of, this is another, this is actually, overall, this is a pretty strong episode, but it's setting up. I just watched um, the new Top Gun movie and the quote in my head is that, like, um, your attitude is writing checks your body can't cash or whatever it is. (laughs) This season, this episode is writing checks that the season doesn't cash. And that's unfortunate. So, like, for example, like, why even... It's almost like they decided to introduce a cell phone into the show simply because by 2002 most kids in high school had cell phones. You know, even I, I graduated in 2001. I had a cell phone. Maybe I think I would have, I want to say it was like junior year when I got a cell phone. So I got a cell phone in like 99 or 2000 and you know, it wasn't, you know, lots of kids had cell phones before me, but you know, anyway, um, so they were kind of pointing out like, hey, we acknowledge that cell phones exist. Um, look, Don has one now. But like, I think a plot point that includes a cell phone, this might be the only episode. I want to say there's a couple of others, but it's one of those like, ah, these things never work. And then they just stop using them kind of things, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. So it's just like, why are you setting this up? Like, making a big deal out of, like... And it's a plot point throughout the episode that, like, D- Dawn has a cell phone so she can call Buffy and ask for help. And then Buffy calls Xander to ask him to help. And, you know, it's a whole thing. But of course, it's not interesting to watch people call each other, which has become much more of a plot point now. <laughs> like, like people are texting each other all the time in um, movies and TV shows now, but back then, it was just so boring to see a cell phone on screen that, you know, they don't really do it beyond this episode and maybe a couple others. Um, as soon as Buffy gets to school with Dawn to drop her off on her first day, Robin Wood shows up, who's the new principal, and he introduces himself to Buffy. Buffy decides not to go home, so she just kind of like... sticks around the whole episode, the whole day of school, like wandering around, checking things out, blah, 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 blah. There's, um, a scene where we see Dawn in class and another thing that like, I feel like we never see again. We've, we haven't seen before or ever again, most likely. We see, um, a bunch of people of color in the classroom. Like there's um, Hispanic people, there's Asian people, there's black people. Like actually how a school near LA, which Sunnydale is supposed to be like an hour from LA or something like that, would act would be, you know? It's actually a diverse group of students in the classroom. Um, Buffy sees like poltergeists or something in the mirror in the bathroom. Um, and she goes to interrupt Dawn's class just as she was making a witty introduction of herself, like go around the room and tell us shit about yourself. Introductory crap. She's doing that and, um, in front of the class and, uh, Buffy comes in at that point and like says, you're not safe here. Uh, I'm afraid of you being influenced to start smoking or something. And then she just runs out of the room, whatever. And so Dawn's immediately embarrassed because of Buffy. And then later in the classroom, Dawn gets targeted by one of the poltergeists. And then she looks crazy in front of the whole class. So she goes to the bathroom to like take a break. And even the teacher is kind of looking at her like, wow, she's kind of nuts, right? (laughs) Anyway, And then Dawn goes to the bathroom. She sees a really cute goth chick. This is the chick that is, that gets outfitted the episode because she is wearing, if you guys watch this episode, Kit, the character Kit, what she is wearing is exactly what I used to wear in high school, pretty much on a daily basis. She was wearing like a knit shirt. Um, Mine would have been like black fishnet and her, but hers was kind of like this beigey lace or something and then like a slip dress over it, and then knee-high boots. She looked great. (laughs) I'd wear that outfit tomorrow if I had it. In fact, I probably have something close. Maybe I will... Maybe I'll try to recreate Kit's outfit tomorrow for for school. (laughs) For work. (laughs) Uh, That would be fun. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Absolutely zero people listening will... um... (laughs) work with me and we'll see that outfit. Unless Leslie, maybe Leslie, if you're, I don't work with you anymore. What am I talking about? You haven't worked at the library in a long time. Oh my God. Oh, this parachute is a knapsack. Okay. Um, where are we? We get a scene between Anya and Halfrick. Anya is looking fucking gorgeous. Um, she's a brunette which she hasn't been since, I believe when we first met her, she was a brunette. Um, But she's been various shades of blonde since then. And she just, she looks really good. This is her best, her best hair season. If I remember correctly, the whole season, this is her best hair season. She looks great. And she's wearing like this, like, I don't know, white lacy, like Victorian you know, button up the neck kind of shirt, but it looks good on her. It works for her. Um, Everybody's wearing low rise jeans. Holy shit. PTSD. I have PTSD from low rise jeans, guys. They were the worst for chicks with hips, which I was. (laughs) Why did I say that in the past tense? I still am a chick with hips (laughs) and the styles now are much, much better for people like me. All the high-waisted jeans, yes. Give me all the high-waisted jeans. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, so Halfric starts, like, kind of describing to Anya that, um, you know, everybody in the demon world has kind of been talking about the fact that Anya is, like, Miss Soft Serve, um, and she says, quote, no deaths, no incinerations. You're not goading women into anything inventive and you're not delivering when it is. Meaning that like her heart's really not in the vengeance game anymore. So they're setting that up right off the bat of like, you know, this season also, there is an interesting arc with Anya. Um So yeah, I already can like hear myself. It's like, okay, season seven is not going to be that bad. Like I think this episode always makes me think that I don't like season seven simply because it's disconnected from the rest of the season because probably because this is one of the only episodes in season seven that is directed by Joss Whedon. Like if I remember correctly and I don't have the episode guide in front of me, so don't quote me on any of this shit. I'm the, I'm probably the least informed Buffy podcast. Maybe that should be my tagline. (laughs) Anyway, if I remember correctly, Joss Whedon, I know he directed this episode, wrote and directed this episode. He might not have directed it, but he definitely wrote it and probably both. And then he also wrote and directed the last episode of the entire series. But beyond that... There might have been one other episode in season seven that he writes and directs. It's so, it feels very disjointed. It feels very much like he showed up and took over everything for the first and last episode of this season and nothing else. And so, he's setting up a lot of shit that doesn't actually become a big part of season seven, you know? I mean, he's setting up like main themes that are a part of season seven, but some things like I got the impression from this first episode back when I first saw it, you know, because Buffy's like making friends with these other two characters, um, Kit and I do not remember the guy's name cause he did not have very many lines at all. Um, but I got the impression that, okay, Dawn's first day of school, she, she had, she makes a couple of friends. This is going to be the, like, maybe we're going to get some episodes where we're mostly focusing on them and, you know, dealing with some high school drama shit, um, which never happens. We never see those two kids again, which sucks because like we, I, I don't know. It's just a missed opportunity. And where's Janice? <laughs> you know, Janice, remember Janice? I miss Janice. Not really. (laughs) We only met her once, but, and that's already happened, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened last season. Anyway, um, where are we? Oh, um, Halfric tells Anya, this is a bad time to be a good guy. So it's like, people are sort of like different scenes throughout the episode. There's kind of like this general feeling of foreboding, um, like, Helfrich is basically saying, you know, something's coming. And, um, so she kind of says that here. Um, Don hallucinates quote unquote in class. So that was that part where like the, the poltergeist guy like targeted her and she looked nuts. So she went to the bathroom, um, her and Kit meet in the bathroom and Don starts, you know, like getting her to trust her getting Kit to trust her a little bit. And then they fall through the floor into the basement. Great construction work, Xander. <laughs> uh, first day that the school is open and they fall through the floor. Um, there's no explanation for why that happens. Um, I guess poltergeist, but how do poltergeists make them fall through the floor? I don't know. Um, then we get a scene with Willow and Giles again. And Willow is, like, freaking the fuck out. And Giles is comforting her and asking her, you know, what's going on or whatever. And Willow was talking about, like, how everything in the earth is connected in the first scene that we saw with her and Giles. Everything's connected. And um, she was making a plant grow out of the earth that usually only that she summoned up from Paraguay or some crap um, because everything's connected. And you know, all earth mother hippie shit, hippie witch shit. And then, like, in this scene, Willow's freaking out and she's like, Yeah, everything's connected, but it's not, it's not not all love and light. Some of it's dark. It's dark. And then she says, um that she was talking about the Hellmouth. She said, It's gonna open. It's gonna swallow us all. Dun 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 <laughs> Um Then we get some Dawn calling Buffy. Okay. So Buffy throughout most of the episode, I just, I just, her outfit is so triggering. <laughs> it's just like a white shirt. I, I don't even know how to explain the shirt. It's like one of those peasanty tops from the early 2000s, kind of. And her pants are super low, khaki pants. And I know these motherfucking pants. I didn't have them in khaki, but I had pants almost exactly like that in like other colors. And there are no pockets in those pants, no pockets at all. In the whole episode, Buffy does not have a bag or a clutch, nothing, but she has her cell phone on her. And at one point we see her like reach back to put her cell phone somewhere. And I wrote, (laughs) Where where did I write it? Where in those pants is Buffy keeping that phone? And then we see her turn around in one scene, and she literally, you can see the bulge of the phone in, like, the butt crack of her pants. So obviously, most of the episode, she's not walking around with a cell phone because TV. But in that one scene, it was, like, a continuous shot between when she put it in her pants. And I'm like, I know there's no pockets in those pants. And fair and And then uh, the phone rings and she's like reaching back into her butt crack to get the phone out. Oh, PTSD. I have PTSD from low rise jeans. If they come back, children, and I bet they are, I bet they're like on their way back at this point, the way that fashion works. Just say no to low rise pants. You do not have to be in, in style. You don't have to be trendy. I mean, if you happen to really like low-rise pants, you think they're comfortable, you think you like the way you look in them, by all means, do you. But if you fucking hate them, don't buy them. They're the worst. Okay. I paused for a minute. I'm calm now. (laughs) Um, Okay. Buffy versus Poltergeist, they're in the basement. Then, we find Spike in the basement. So Xander was, like, being all reassuring that, like, you know, he's been all over the, the blueprints and the plans and blah, 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 blah. But, like, I guess he wasn't that hands-on because he didn't notice Spike in the basement. <laughs> but Buffy runs into Spike in the basement. He's crazy. I, I gotta ask. Why? Why? is Spike in the basement of the high school. Why would that be the place that he would be drawn to when he comes back? Why wouldn't he just go to his crypt? He should be in his crypt. Why is he in the school? Like maybe they explain it later that like he was just drawn to the hellmouth mouth or something like that. And then I guess I would accept it, but I have no idea why he's there. And maybe he is there. Because, because the first is like getting inside his head. And so maybe they lured him to that spot or whatever. Um, Maybe that, maybe that, I guess, whatever. We quickly see that he is not okay in the, in the brain space. He's also, he has all these really wicked cuts on his chest. Um, This might be kind of, I mean if you haven't watched the episode yet maybe trigger warning for self-harm because they look realistic to me it it did make me flash back to an ex of mine that would sometimes I would come over and find him cut up that badly you know it looked pretty gruesome and Buffy like asks him what did you do when she notices the cuts and he says I tried to cut it out so it's not actually said in this episode and but, you know, we know. Um, if for some reason this is the first time you're tuning into this podcast, it is not spoiler-free. Not at all. So we are gonna find out probably in the next episode that Spike has a soul. So this is him referring to it. Like, because most of the cuts were over his heart space. Like he he was trying to cut the soul out, I guess, which pretty powerful. Like, I don't, I don't hate that, that I feel like that makes sense for Spike as a character, that he, that the way that he's reacting to getting a soul is, is this. Uh, Buffy like tries to describe what's going on to Spike and he just lays it all out there. He's like, Buffy's like, they're not ghosts because they're like solid, but they're not whatever. And then she, and then he says manifest spirits controlled by a talisman raised to seek vengeance. So even by the end of the episode, I don't think they know who raised them. They find the talisman, which looks like this really pretty little, um, thing with like a stone and some feathers. Um, they find, Buffy found it when she was in the bathroom, um, earlier, but, so I think she makes the connection that, oh, that thing that I found, and we don't see this part happen, it happens off screen, but she calls, we see her start to call Xander, but it turns out she asked him to go find the talisman in the bathroom and destroy it, because we see him doing that later. Um, uh, the poltergeists have the, you know, Dawn, Kit, and and the kid, the other kid, um, cornered at one point, And they say, why do you think we picked you? The ones that don't belong, the ones no one will miss. So it's really setting them up. I mean, they're trauma bonding right now, right? It's really setting them up to be friends. And it's just, It's just a shame that they didn't ever show these characters together again. That, you know, essentially Dawn doesn't get to have friends consistently, you know, she's just in, she's an outsider kind of in Buffy's world. And that's all we really ever get to see, unfortunately. And this episode is kind of setting up, setting it up that maybe that won't be the case, but it is don't get excited about don having a nice cool friend group that we're gonna hang out with every once in a while i mean i thought they seemed cool (laughs) i mean we didn't get very many lines from the dude but Kit's cool for sure (laughs) obviously because she dressed like i did in high school (laughs) Uh, anyway okay Xander breaks the talisman, cool, cool, cool. Principal Wood catches up with Buffy. We we had, like, three different conversations between the two of them. Like, right when Buffy first brings Dawn to school, then later on um, he runs into her in the hall and he kind of says that he he knows about her checkered past. He knows her, like, you know, school file or whatever, implying that he knows all the violence that she used to, all the shit that she used to get into at school. And then the last conversation, he says, he knows a little bit more about her than he originally let on. And I mean, he, I think at this point he already knew that she's the Slayer, but I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't remember. He doesn't reveal to her that he knows that she's the Slayer for a bit, but I feel like he already knows. And that's the whole reason why he's in town because, you know, he knows that he might know that something's coming. And of course his mom was a slayer, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he offers her a job as kind of a side piece guidance counselor. (laughs) Side piece is not the right, right way to say that, but, um, essentially like he's offering her a job to come in for a couple of days a week and just kind of be around to help out, like, be somebody that's close to the student's age, that can kind of, like, I mean, essentially, I think he knows that she's the Slayer, so he's offering her a job so that she can be around to help protect the kids, because she's going to want to do that anyway. And this is also setting up something, you know, like, I feel like this first episode makes you think, okay, it's, there's even like the whole mission statement of we're going back to the beginning because there's this last scene which is really fucking cool by the way where it's sort of we don't know yet that it is the first but we see warren talking to spike and then then warren turns into glory turns into adam turns into the mayor turns into drusilla turns into the master turns into buffy and it's like this whole s- villainous speech and we see the character going from Warren to glory, to Adam, to the mayor, to Drusilla, to the master, to Buffy. So, and just, you know, morphing into each character, like carrying on the speech. And it's really fucking cool. Cause they got everybody back. They went, literally they went from, you know, the villain of last season, which I guess they're calling Warren, the villain of last season. Um, back, back to glory, which was the villain of season five, you know, all the way back, all the way back. And the quote is like, we're going back to the beginning and there's, you know, Dawn starting school, all this stuff. Like, I know I keep harping on this, but it's like, okay, so Buffy's going to be hired at the school as kind of a counselor. Dawn's going to school. She's making friends with these other two characters. Um, a girl and a boy, just like Xander Willow, and Buffy, you know, so it's almost like I felt like this was gonna be a passing of the torch kind of thing, and we might have gotten more plots in the school with Buffy helping whenever the kids get in a terrible mess because of something or other. Um, but yeah we we really don't get I mean there's definitely scenes in the school. But it's more from the perspective of Buffy doing her job as the guidance counselor. And, like, everything's always just so Buffy-centric on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Go figure. But, you know, anyway. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this season is a little bit more disjointed than it feels like it's going to be based on this first episode. And I'm really getting ahead of myself. And I also haven't seen this particular episode of Buffy for at least seven or eight years. So I could definitely be misremembering it. And this is probably the season that I've seen the least amount of times, too. I mean, usually when I rewatch it, I watch it all the way through, I think. But I think there have been times that I've skipped season seven. And I definitely rewatched Buffy a lot as it was on, And so I've seen all of the previous seasons more times than the ones after. You know what I mean? Um, Anyway, so let's do ratings. I cannot think of my object of the episode. So just because it's been a while. So here's my rating system, guys. I like to pick for every episode my favorite quote, my favorite outfit that anyone wore in the episode, and my favorite object that I would like to pluck out of the episode to keep for myself. (laughs) And that was much more relevant in the first two or three seasons because, you know, it was all that like cool late nineties stuff. Um, but I can't think of an object from this episode that I would want to have for myself. Okay. Maybe the talisman, the talisman, was cool. Cause it had like a feather and a crystal and it was like tied up with some suede or something. I don't know. I mean, I basically have that talisman that I made myself in my own house, but <laughs> I mean, I don't want to control the dead or anything. <laughs> it just was the coolest thing that was in this episode. Okay. Let's call it the talisman. I haven't written that down yet, so I'll do it now. ASMR writing sounds. Okay outfit of the episode I already told you guys was Kit's quote of the episode there really wasn't a good quote in this episode so I'm just gonna call that one a wash MVP of the episode I'm gonna give it to Dawn because you know she she this is one of the first times that we've seen her just be consistently mature and grown up and at this point she's a sophomore so she is the age that Buffy was when we met her, you know, and I don't know. She did a great job in this episode, you know, the promise of Dawn, <laughs> um, five by five. This is a pretty solid episode. I'm going to give it a three and a half, three and a half out of five. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's it. It feels, uh, feels like I didn't have a lot to say, but you know, I'm, it's just, I'll get back into the swing of things. I will. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week, wherein we will talk about what's the episode called? Beneath You. And I think we get to see, I'm pretty sure we get to see Adam. Adam, not Adam, Andrew next episode. So he is the MVP of season seven. <laughs> I love Andrew. I love him so much and I will be happy to spend more time with him for sure. So, um, I will see you guys next week. Bye.